With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. We're live. Um, these few short hours before the moon blocks out the sun. Yeah, but we may not be in a few hours after the apocalypse hap- happens. I know. The whole thing's going to end. It feels like, you know, this is like someone said this is God's way of telling the United States to be careful. Um <laughs> There was a meme that was floating around that said, uh, dear God, if um, you want Donald Trump out of the uh, White House, please send us a sign like blotting out the sun. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what's happening there. Yeah. Well, so we're uh, we're all nervous in this in this area because it's kind of cloudy. But it's it's you can still see the sun as of now, at least where I am. There'll be another one in, in like four years. Zach. Don't worry. Seven. Seven. Seven years. Okay. Seven years. Yeah. Well, I I didn't know they named a Donald a, a candy bar after Donald Trump because I saw this in the supermarket. Oh boy. But anyway, but the seven that, years. Um, I mean, like like this one or. Yeah. So I mean, full I solar eclipse. Yes. In, in the United States, I think. I mean, the one that the, I was. They said the one that's actually going to come to our area, like where I live in the Philadelphia area. Doesn't happen for a full solar eclipse until twenty seventy eight. So I think that's you know. I think I, I can wait for that one. That sounds like salesmanship advancement. For scientific advancement, it'll be one hundred and ten. I think that would be would be interesting to see. It is, it is interesting how many people um, have packed up their car and sandwiches and beers and coolers yeah. and are are going to some place where they can get a full one hundred percent. You know, it's well, changed because when I was a kid, they used to be like, don't go near it, don't look at it, don't do anything, just stay away from it. And now everybody's going towards it. Well, the glasses were like impossible to buy. Like they, they sold out everywhere. Well, um, when I was a kid, I remember is everybody made their own stuff to look at it. You know, they you did if yeah. they wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah you, stuck, you stuck a pinhole in a leaf and, uh, you know, there was all sorts of goofiness. That you- yeah. And, and then, I was a member of Jersey Astronomy Club as a kid, so I, and I um I have why a, does that not a, surprise me? <laughs> I have a nice electron telescope and everything, um in my possession. So I have the entire neighborhood. That's why the show is actually going early today. Because the entire neighborhood coming over of, of uh, I don't know boys and girls. I'll be holding my own little class in the front yard. Um, and the, what I do for eclipses, which is really cool, is you take the t- you should never of course look at the sun directly. Um, and you really shouldn't look at it through a telescope directly. But <laughs> what, what what I do is I um. I uh, I take the telescope, I direct it at the sun, I turn it on its side, and through the eyepiece, project that onto a movie screen. And so what happens is, you know, you can project the perfect image of the sun. Um, it's cool. You can see, like, you can see the movement in the sun. You can see it really looks amazing. Um, well, at, at, that's a fun way to look at the At 2.34 p.m., which is when apparently it'll be the most most viewed, uh, most viewable in in the in the western New York area. I'll be looking right at it, and at two thirty five, I'll have burnt corneas. So <laughs> I'm going to look right at thirty four as well, but I'll be watching it on TV. Me too. Right. <laughs> well, there's, this is how ridiculous. This is how ridiculous it's gotten. There is a live Twitter feed. There's a live video Twitter feed. There is, the the Weather Channel is carrying it live. Um, the Today Show is in Charleston, South Carolina, where apparently it's a hundred percent totality. So, they, yeah. Let, let me ask you, Mike. Like, why is that ridiculous, and why does that ruin your life? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, this is an amazing thing. I mean, yeah, it's incredible when you think about it. Come on, that the moon, the moon, the or the the moon itself is passing in front of the sun, and it's it's far, it's close. It's, the moon goes closer and further to us, so that it's close enough now to actually blot out the entire sun, and. You know, in olden days, like I joke about the end of the world, but this would have been the kind of stuff, you know, that would have made people think the world was indeed yeah. ending. Like, it's, right. not- yeah, it's it's good that you mentioned that because, well, what is this? The movie Lady Hawk? I mean, have you ever seen the, 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 the Michelle Pfeiffer, Rutger Hauer, when, uh, you know, and the eclipse happens and, and you know, it's all of a sudden, you know, a, a person who's been put a, has had a spell cast on him 
which they were a hawk, they, they all of a sudden became a person again. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, there's just too much. That, that's all I'm saying. It's like, it's like, it's the apocalypse. I mean, it's well, interesting. Well, there's some way where, to I, be I, fair. I, I, but I got to ask, like, like, why does that, <laughs> like, like, I, like, I don't get that. Like, I, I think it's cool, but I'm not overrun by it. But I, 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 I like I don't like people that I know. They don't get excited because everyone else is excited about something. Mike, like, no, I was I, against it, the naming of Haley's to College too. Mike, it seems to always bug you when a lot of people are happy. Is that <laughs> is that true? <laughs> yes, because because I enjoy I enjoy other people's misery. I'm 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 addicted to Schadenfreude. But the, so, so if everybody was like when. Uh, did it make your day when everybody was so mad at Trump for his his statement because everybody was just totally unhappy? Yes, because yeah. I can't stand him, and everybody was on this on my side. So everybody who feels all right, all in right with the world. I just, just want to understand how it all works. So we have to remember there are some people that have never seen it. Like we're a little bit older, so we have. So I get the excitement for people that have never dealt with it before. I do. Yeah, I mean, if you're actually it's cool. I mean, I, if you want to watch, there's a really good there's a really good uh, YouTube show called um, Smarter Every Day and it's done by this guy out, out of Alabama and he does his science thing and he's a, he's a guy who works I think for the government somehow in like you know in accounting like nothing like crazy but like and he's down but he's a scientist and his, he and his wife um, do this really cool podcast called Smarter Every Day and they had a, an incredible special on, on the eclipse and exactly you know what happens and this really cool phenomena that happens so if you're in if you're in a total eclipse area this cool phenomena that happens of these of this like Feeling like there are waves on the ground um, that actually occur right before, right during like the 20 seconds before and 20 seconds after, we actually see this weird, this weird um, almost optical illusion of waves moving past you on the grass. It's like there's certain things that I have in there just phenomenal, and this is all. I mean, it's all just normal. Mike, are you mad that Bonnie Hart's going to be singing her song during it too? Oh, oh Bonnie, you mean Bonnie, Bonnie Tyler is Bonnie going. Bonnie Tyler, to, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, hey, it's, I like that song. After after thirty five years, she gets gets like a one day reprieve. No, I'd rather listen to Eclipse by Pink Floyd. She's That's, on a cruise. She's on a cruise ship, and she's gonna sing it. So it's the Poseidon, and a tidal wave's gonna hit. Oh, we let, let me ask you this though. You know, long before we were warned that we would go blind, um, well, yeah. not not only from Eclipse but other things as well, but that we would definitely go blind if the if if we looked at an Eclipse. So back in say uh medieval times like did everybody on the earth go blind because you know if you didn't know what was happening and suddenly there was an eclipse wouldn't you look up <laughs> yes you would I look mean, up but there's a certain thing about pain you know like people like do do <laughs> you look at the sun and it is painful to look at the sun yeah. i think that definitely no, but plays elders it. knew it was bad back then too they probably told people not to look at it and they probably looked at it as something Scary and and religious evil. anyhow, so they yeah. probably stayed away from it. They looked at they looked at it as evil. At no, some point, evil. at some point, everyone on the earth had to go blind because I'm sure everybody. I mean, no, the humans yeah, I humans are the only ones that want to go up and look at it. Like animals don't even look at it; they don't even care. No, I know, I know, no. It, and well, but that, was, that was a funny thing about that. Did you hear about the woman who was like who was like she should blindfold her chickens because yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, you know, I'm thinking to myself, do the chickens always look at the sun? You know, like, this is something that, you know, I mean, why would they look at the sun suddenly now? Right. Let, let, let's bring this up, though. Is there somebody out there who pays no attention to the news whatsoever who's going to be driving around about 134 <laughs> is going to go, holy crap, what's going on? You know, yeah, that, I believe that, there will be. I, I have a Facebook friend who apparently had to explain to someone on a cocktail napkin what was happening because they didn't have any idea what would be happening. <laughs> we're, we're a country of 330 million people. Yeah, like, oh, there's a lot of people that there's will. There's got to be 55 at least that have no idea. Like, yeah, there's some people that have no idea. Like, what's oh, gonna yeah, happen? no, there are people who don't watch the news, you know, and there are people who don't watch television too, like huge sections of people, you know, who don't watch people television. People who live in the sides of mountains, people like that, they're not going to know. The, the guy of the Amish. The Amish are a few a few miles away from me. Maybe what are, what are they thinking? They cheat with cell phones, though, so they they'll know. Yeah, but you know what's funny? When I drive through Amish country in Ohio and stuff, there must be a sect that they all have basketball hoops and they drive Buicks. I mean, you know what I'm <laughs> big big old Buicks they drive. 
They're right. slowly trying to take over the NBA. That's the secret thing about the Amish. Yes. And then and the nonconformist uh, Amish, they drive Oldsmobile cutlasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's traditional. You know, speaking of uh, 330 million people, though, this is changing the subject, but I find it so humorous. Right. And I, I know Mr. Facebook, Russ Cohen, will back me up on this. It's become <laughs> it's be, it it has become sort of a badge of honor or a, you know a badge of uh, uniqueness to say on Facebook. Now, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Like I have not seen a single. Uh, episode of Game of Thrones, like you see it now all the time. Like uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm the only person on the planet. Well, I want to point out that I and I looked this up to make sure I was right on this. There was uh, if you if you count the number of people who watch HBO Live when they the Game of Thrones, and they also watch uh, you know on demand and HBO Go online, 25 million people watch Game of Thrones. Every Sunday. That's crazy. So that means there are 305 million people <laughs> in the country who do not watch Game of Thrones every week. So I'd like to point out that I am the unique one, not all the people. <laughs> and they have been I, I don't and watch Kevin, either, but I don't post about it. And, yeah. and, and Kevin, all 25 million of them are on Twitter and are posting updates and or, or maybe it bugs you, right it bugs you yeah no 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 I, I don't care because I'll still watch it even though they've you know I, I actually like to uh, to see spoilers of stuff because it, it it lets me know what's going on and then I just I watch it to get the full picture but I'd say 20 of the 25 million are wa are watching it and the other five million are on social media and pissed off that the other 20 million are letting them know what's going on on the story because that's what so then you would have left Araldis Chapman in as your closer because you like the spoilers, and I would have told you, hey, Mike, he's going to blow so a couple sports, games against the Red Sox. Sports is sports is live, and I don't like I don't I like oh, spoilers when it comes to TV okay. shows. And don't get me started on Joe Girardi because uh, you know <laughs> he he rivals Terry Collins for stupidity when it comes. You to You need your own podcast, Mike. You need your own podcast. <laughs> I think like I think that's what's going on here. You know, slowly but surely, just Mike speaks out against that. <laughs> <laughs> you want an hour and a half of negativity? Come on. Every day, every day people submit a topic to you. Now, you guys have forgotten, because I haven't been on in a long time, that I do have one viewer, one of my longtime readers, who gets on me for giving Mike a hard time because he insists that Russ Cohen is by far <laughs> than, than Mike. By, by he, the, by, he sends me an email all the time that Russ hates everything. If you read his Facebook, <laughs> he's, unhappy, he's un unhappy about his all of his sports teams. He can't find no joy. Well, we, we, were, we, refer, we refer to Russ as the Angel of Death or the Grim Reaper because he, well, felt, yeah, he is that. That's unbelievable. Jer I found out about Jerry Lewis from Russ. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. He was the first first to break the news. No one no one is faster <laughs> on the yeah, it's not the truth. Ed Berliner. Ed Berliner used to give him a run for the money, but um, no one posts, and you know I have a lot of followers. But Russ gets up when somebody dies. Russ <laughs> is on it quicker than anybody else on my. If Facebook. I like them, <laughs> I know. I know. I really want. I really want a. Um, I want. I want to know. You know. I, you, there's no way of knowing, of course, because I'll be dead. But I want to know that Russ was the first person who reported it. Like I don't have to about that. Somehow. You know what the problem is. The problem I know is, what the problem is, and a lot of cases, I'm not sure which one you're discussing here. I'm yeah. going to tell you what the problem is. The podcast will probably start late, and I'll think that you're <laughs> starting late, and you'll be dead, and then I won't be the first. Well, yeah, that's true, because it would be business as usual. Well, right. no, I'm it's August 21st, 2017. I'm the late, great Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Kevin Allen, I do not want to appear on Russ Cohen's Facebook. <laughs> yes, sir, you don't want to do it. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzz Cast on HockeyBuzz.com. Do not stare directly at Mike. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm too handsome. I, what can I say? This is the podcast that comes here every Monday through Friday. If they went on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And uh, not a whole lot of news right now. We're in the last two weeks of August, which is definitely, I think, the deadest time of the hockey year. Yes. Um, and then and here in general, this is what, why people go on vacation these two weeks. But of course, due to the glory of high school sports and the, my my daughter having to do three a day trainings, our family's stuck at home for these two weeks where we would normally be at our wonderful shore house. But that's okay. I'm not bitter. 
Well, um, yeah, so here we are. And uh, today we're actually going to get into the Anaheim Ducks because we were going to start our previews. Um, and that's sort of where we are. I wanted to quickly address the rumors that I posted today because I actually did actually find some hockey rumors out, you know, and they're just rumors we can talk about. I and mean, I do want to get also the Pasternak, the feeling on Pasternak out of Kevin. Let's start there, actually, because we haven't talked to you, Dave's, uh, Kevin, since the Dave Pasternak stuff started flying around that he could possibly be traded or possibly, you know, or what, or, I mean, I don't think he's going to get traded, but there's possibilities or get signed possibly or, um, you know, and how dry. So, what, what are your thoughts on this? How this is well, all playing I mean, out? I, I, I think it hasn't gone smoothly, and I think the both sides are frustrated on this. But I agree with you. There's not any chance he's going to be traded. Um, uh, you know, everyone I've talked to said, you know, th these are the kind of things that come up when there's always there's trouble. But eventually, he would get signed. M money issues always get resolved. I think we know that, and especially with younger players. Um, and the problem is, is you look at the contracts, you know, Drysital dry and some of the others, and you know everybody's expectations get a little higher. And you know he's going to get uh, some big cash. I mean, what, don't you think he'll get seven and a half million? Uh, I do. I do. Uh, I see. I, I, I don't think he got a little less than that. Well, th this is this is this is apparently the dilemma right now is that they're trying to hold the line on Pasternak to keep his salary underneath what they're paying Brad Marchand. Marchand got, gave them a sweetheart deal in a sense, eight years, six point one million. I don't see Pasternak signing for that. If 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 they go to loggerheads and this is in training camp and he continues to demand seven million, I think there's more. It's more likely he's going to take a bridge deal than take a take a, a long term extension for less than what Marchand is making. I'm, I'm, I mean, I think that's realistic that they could end up as a compromise. I mean, we've seen that in the past, but. Um... But I think you know ultimately they'll, um, you know they'll get they'll get them signed for sure. I mean, I guess the thought is you know like where what I keep I can keep coming back to is where is he? We need names like we have. All right, there are generational superstars. I've decided that's the top of the line. Okay, so these generational superstars are Crosby, McDavid, Matthews. And that's it. Mm -hmm. right? That's like the three. Those are the three, right? Those are the generations. Well, remember, the remember that. Well, remember, remember that after this conversation, because I want to get into a poll, a, a list that came out. But continue. Okay. Yeah. You're right. The top twenty, right? Um, Crosby, Matthews, McDavid, generational superstars. Um, some would put maybe Carey Price in there, but let's. The goalies are always difficult, right? So, I right, superstars below that level, right? Um, is this where you put Dry Seidel? Um, this is where you put Eichel. Is this where you put Lino or you know Patrick? Line you know, A, Line A, Line A. Sorry, Line A. Is this where is this Pasternak in that group? Where's Tarasenko? Like, there's certain that. What's the superstar yeah. cutoff? I mean, th that's really an interesting question, and I think that really speaks to the issue here. Is we're not really sure yeah. what Pasternak is. Like, right? Uh, we know he's a very right. talented player, and I think that's one of Boston's. Um, issues that you know you're making these long-term decisions now, you know before you really know. I mean, obviously Connor McDavid um, is in a different category than everyone else. But even Drysaddle, as much as we all you know think he's a slam dunk, mm -hmm. uh, and you know he, he is. I mean, but you know we don't really know quite like how great he could be. Um, well, if you if you put Pasternak and Dreisaitl side by side. Dreisaitl's first year, he was a rookie. They sent him down after 40 games. He went back to the AHL. Second year, he scored around 50 points. Last year, he scored over 70 and had a great playoff. Pasternak had a better rookie year. He only played around 50 games his second year and did okay. And then the third year, he scores 34 goals, 70 points. If you look at the trajectory, they're about the same. But Dreisaitl's a center which I think is a factor, and he's a big, a big factor. But I think and, – and but but both of them, I mean, Pasternak started as an 18-year-old after being picked in the 20s in the 2014 draft. So I think that has to be factored in. And really there's been no sort of downslope to Pasternak yet. He hasn't had a season where he's disappointed. His, his stock has continued to rise. So uh, to me it would be beneficial for the Bruins to get him locked up long term, but they're not going to get him locked up for a number under Marchand. I think it's going to be closer to what Tarasenko got in like the $7 million range. Yeah, but That's I think he's just – I mean, if you ask me really where he's at, he's just under Tarasenko because 
there are other things that Tarasenko will do in his game that Pasternak just will never do. Sure. And to me, that that plays into that money. Points aren't everything. And, again, I can't give him more than Marshawn. Now, if Marshawn says it's okay, I'll give him six and a half. I'm not giving him seven just because other guys have gotten seven. I think That's why I think a bridge deal is best here. Yeah. Well, you may be right, but I, I, I think they're going to have to give him more than, than Marshawn. Um, I mean, I, I, it's gonna, I, I think it'll be over seven at some point. I, and you know what? I think players do understand the way that it's come. You know, there's always talk about that, like you can't, you know, go over this guy because you gave him this amount. But, you know, time marches on, and, um, you know, at some point uh, uh, there's a new standard that has to be set. I mean, you know, did Taves and Kane get screwed because of all that they've accomplished and Connor McDavid came along and, you know, moved past them? No, they just signed earlier and mm – -hmm. And that sort of thing. And I think the players do kind of understand that. Like, I don't think Brad Marchand would begrudge Pasternak getting more money. I mean, maybe he would momentarily, but if he thought about it, he'll just say, well, you know, I signed mine at that time, and now he has this going for him. And, you know, McDavid did that, and Dreisaitl got this, and all that kind of stuff. There are players who are pretty smart about it all. I think you just don't want it to become a thing, Kev, like, in the NFL with quarterbacks. Like, there are plenty of quarterbacks that are getting paid because there's a certain scale that in no way, shape, or form are worth that kind of money. And I think if you keep escalating this for really young stars getting paid early, you're going to hit that plateau before you know it. Yeah. No, that, that's fair as well. Yeah, no, that's definitely what I think. And there was really no – there was never – at least I've never heard of any kind of a uh, peep out of Sidney Crosby complaining of the fact that Malkin – who be, was close to being a free agent after him signed for more than what Crosby was making. Crosby's making 8.7. I think, I think Malkin's making nine, five. I've never heard them there being any kind of problem on the part of Crosby uh, because he's making $800,000 more. Just, they came up at for free agency at different points. And that was, that was the reason. So yeah, I, I don't think it would be a problem for Marshand. I think the only time you really run into an issue with that is if you got two guys coming up at the same time, you know that you know that's always problematic um, because then you've got to sort of rank them and you know that that can cause issues. But I think all players sort of understand the time lag and that the events that are happening around the league impact. You know they also, I mean, their agents are constantly telling them that you know the timing is everything, and you know you got to be prepared for the fact that other players may blow by you on the deals just because yeah. of all the landscape changes. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it, and it, it changes drastically from year to year too. Um, and and that's, that's part of the strategy as well. I mean, agents yeah. will talk about that. Like if, you, you know, let's not try to hit a home run now, let's wait, because if we wait two years, instead of getting, you know, $5 million a year, you may get $9 million a year, you know. So precisely, it's always part of it. I do agree. Um, so moving on to some quick rumors. Um, I mentioned this last week briefly um, that I had been hearing some thoughts of Ryan Nugent Hopkins perhaps being moved out. And this is, I mean, it's not surprising perhaps with Dreisaitl signing um, that Nugent Hopkins, who makes a pretty good amount of money himself um, and has been I think, a disappointment for that amount, although has still a lot of talent and he kind of feels like the player to me that could really shine someplace else with a fresh start. Um, that, you know, yeah, he's um, now and he's being rumored to Montreal. Now, this makes a ton of sense because Montreal has no centers, basically. <laughs> they have, I mean, they, they don't really have a number one center. They have cap space because they, you know, they had money set aside for Radulov that they didn't use. And um, so they're in that spot. And um, I like I like the idea with it. And, it. and it was brought to my attention that if this happened, that, you know, this would open up the door perhaps for Edmonton to sign Thomas Vanek, which would be a, sh a much cheaper signing. And a player that some people in Edmonton feel could do well, and I mean, the, the funny there is, of course, the irony of Edmonton and Vanek that can't be missed, right? But the um, but the fact is that Vanek is definitely at the point in his career where I think he's a much better player when he's playing with skilled players than when he's not. Um, but when he plays with skilled players, he could still be a skilled player himself. So, uh, what are your thoughts of those of those kinds of those uh, of those rumors, Kev? Well. Um I saw that Jim Matheson, who's a Hall of Fame writer and uh, a highly respected, a guy that uh, is usually pretty wired in, he, he put out there on Twitter that he felt that having four forwards uh, in Edmonton that uh, 
a total thirty-three million. Is that right? Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. He thought that was problematic. I, I, I I'm not so sure that it is. Um, you know, if you add up the four Penguins, the top four Penguins. Now, Latang didn't even play last year. They're at thirty-three million. Mm -hmm. uh, now the difference is one of those players is a defenseman, right. um, and so you know that that would be the issue. I, I think Nugent Hopkins would be a good fit for Montreal, and I think it would make sense. But I don't know what the trade fit would be. Yeah, like, that's you know that's that's the issue that I looked at when you said that. Like you know, what 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 comes back? They don't have any uh, defensive prospects. Um, They've got they, one. They Noah Juleson. They yeah. do. But, well, yeah, but but one I'm, uh, the one that they'd be willing to trade, they have to keep him now. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't see that as a good fit for a trade. Yeah, and and after and after yeah. that, you're you're talking you're talking a first round pick or uh, Arturi Lekkinen or you know there's a they have a couple of decent forward prospects, but we're not talking about equal value here. We're talking about essentially a salary dump because. Next year, when when uh, McDavid's contract kicks in, you're talking about spending 27 million dollars on your top three centers, and you cannot have a third line center making six million bucks, which is what Nugent Hopkins is. I think he fits in as a number two center on most teams, and probably a pretty decent one. And he sort of learned how to play, you know, more of a two way game. You saw that at the World Cup of Hockey last September, and I think in the playoffs as well. But you know, he, 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 you can't spend six million bucks on a number three center. You saw that with Pittsburgh. Nick Benino was making a million nine, and when he basically was looking for what he got from Nashville, which is four million, the Penguins couldn't afford it. So I think when that, right. th there's no rush here. They can trade, they could even wait till next summer to trade Nugent Hopkins because he's under yeah. contract for three more years. But I think eventually he's going to be dealt. I think well, he's going to be dealt at the draft. I, I think yeah. I don't. I don't think anybody's jumping at him now. I think they're going to wait for his value to drop a little because the odds of him completely bouncing back this year are probably slim. So right. if you go to get him at the draft, you'll get him at a lower price as far as what they're asking for. You could trade draft picks. I, I think that's when you'll see more action. The, if they were going to trade him, they would have done it by now. Right. Right. You know, they would have when there were more teams that could have been in the bidding. There were a lot of teams looking for centers. You, you wouldn't wait till you've got one team that has enough cap space, right? You know, yeah, you would you would have dealt them. So I, well, I think you have a unique situation. I agree with you, but I'm going to play the other side of that for a second because you do have a bit of a unique situation here in Montreal um, in a team that has you know didn't get players that they thought they would get. I mean, it has way more cap space than they normally have. Right, um, and needs a center very badly, and needs well, to where where you know you might not have the right players to make it. But I think what Mike says to a degree is it's true. In fact, that that you know, if Edmonton were to move Ryan Nugent Hopkins, most places they'd have to take maybe some of his salary back. Where you could move him to Montreal without doing yeah, that. I don't think so. Not for six million. Do you really think so? I don't know. I think I mean I don't think his value has gone down that much that they'd have to retain yeah. salary on him. No, they won't have to retain. Oh, I think maybe some I mean, because well, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I have uh, and and I, and I do think that there are other teams out there that are a better fit in turn and uh, you know, you you were told a rumor and that we're going with that. But a team and I I have connected this team to Toronto yeah. as well is the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina is looking for help up the middle. I think they need one more player who can score and they uh, and if they do that, I think they're a legitimate playoff team. And you look at them, they have seven defensemen under the age of 26 and two guys in Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Noah Hannafin, who are RFAs next year, one of them will be, will be looking for a long-term contract. Right. That might be a better fit for Nugent Hopkins because he's under contract, he's locked in at $6 million, and you're probably going to have to pay Hannafin close to that on a long-term deal. So I think that's a better fit, or Toronto and Van Riemsdyk for one of those guys, than Montreal. Montreal has, in a way, I think, has screwed themselves because they've traded their one of their best young assets in Sergachev for a guy who they're going to probably play up the middle who's not a center. So that's, we, that's – You know, here's the thing. I still think there will be chemistry – 
with Joanne and Galchenyuk, and I am way – there's no way I am going to condemn this trade at this time. No way in hell because – I have to show you guys something. I'm sorry. We I have the best. We'll figure it out with these guys. I do. We have the best viewers and listeners and readers in the world. This, this is incredible. Someone put this together and sent this to me just now. Um, this is amazing. Check this out. So they've decided on this, okay? Here it is. Now it is time for Mike to tell you why you are wrong. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, and that no, no, no truer words have ever been said. I absolutely love that. Now it is time for Mike to tell you why you are wrong. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. That's my wallpaper. That has to be your wallpaper. <laughs> It would have been better if I would have said in time for Mike from Buffalo to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Mike. I just like the expression too. That's the expression's yeah. good. They got it. That's they they hit a home run here. <laughs> they did. They got that. Mike's about to say that you're totally wrong. Um, that's amazing. Anyway, there it is. Now it's time for Mike to tell you why you were wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this because if you start doing going off, I'm just gonna launch this as like a as a background, you know, and have a little theme song for it. Wait a sec, Mike. It's time for Mike to tell you why you're wrong. Go ahead. It's Mike. a segment. It's a, it's a segment. New segment. I love it. Okay. Perfect. Essentially, he's our Andy Rooney. Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you he's something George, about. He is our George Costanza. That is what he is. Yeah. That, that is. That is the end of the I got day. more hair Mike. than George. Come on. Mm, oh, <laughs> Slightly. All right. Well, well, so. Go ahead. Sorry about that. No, I was going to say, you want to talk about the, the top 20 centers? Because out here, I'll tell the NHL network why they're wrong. Yes, um, why don't we start there, right? Um, but no, before we do that, let's go to Anaheim first, because they do want to do Anaheim, and we are going to oh. be short on time here, I think. So um, okay. I do want to talk a little about Anaheim, because the Anaheim Ducks are, are going to be our first preview. And to start with, let me give a little bit about the Ducks. The Ducks finished in first place last year in their division, if you remember. Um, kind of surprisingly, they, they made a push at the end of the year. They had a rough time of it. Geslav had a really bad beginning, but almost like a MVP-ish type ending, where he came on like a came on like a storm of you know um, guys like Silverberg had a really nice run, and in the playoffs looked very good. Um, looks like he could be on his way. Um, Manson, Montour, you know, they've got some deep, they've got some players that are deep on defense that, you know, Fowler came up with a year when most people thought he was going to be possibly traded at the beginning of the year and turned into just absolutely vital to them. Kessler had a nice rebound. Um, and, uh, and and the only thing I'll add to this too, which I do like to add, I think is the, is the changes in the players, additions and subtractions, then we'll get on to what our thoughts are on them. Um, the, the subtractions, Nate Thompson's gone, Shea Theodore, Clayton Stoner, and Jonathan Bernier have left the ducks, our ducks are no longer ducks, and um, the additions would be uh, Dennis Rasmussen as a forward, and then two goalies in um, in Barrett and Miller picked up those two goalies uh, to go along, of course, with you know John Gibson, who was who was two had one had a really good year and just turning into one of the better young goalies. Like we talked about, maybe the only only three goalies under twenty five that matter in the NHL right now. Gibson would be one of them. So. Yeah, that's so. That's my uh, my thoughts. And the Ducks are always the other thing about the Ducks is they still have this, you know, curse on them that they can't get through Game Seven. People do forget that they won a Stanley Cup. Like it's, this was so funny to me. Like they did win a Stanley Cup. Like I think of teams that are cursed. Like they've never gotten there. The Ducks did get there once, um, but you know they they were very good. They ran into a, a Predators team that I think they were better than, but still didn't beat didn't beat them. Um, well, in the, in the Gibson's injury killed them. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I really think that if the, if Gibson had not gotten hurt in Game Four, was it Russ or Game yeah, Five? Right. Yeah, if, if if he had not gotten hurt, I think it would have been Anaheim versus Pittsburgh. Now, it's not taking any way, anything away from Nashville because they deserve the the plaudits for for getting to the Stanley Cup Final. But I thought that Gibson going down and Bernier, who you know he played well at the end of the season, but. Jonathan Bernier is Jonathan Bernier. He's, I think he's a 1B or a backup goaltender at best now, and that wasn't good enough to get by the Preds. Yeah, I agree. I really I thought it was a sneaky good move to get Ryan Miller. Yes, it was. Yeah. You know, because I think, uh, first of all, that's so um, – um, that, that that that's the way that uh, Bob Murray likes to run his team. He likes to have enough goaltenders. He's run out of uh, goaltenders in the past. <laughs> right. right. And, uh, uh, just to have a veteran guy as a hedge too, because, you know, Gibson, 
Um, I think everybody believes that um, he's going to be one of the top goalies in the league uh, when he reaches his prime of his career. But he's had periods of inconsistency. Um, and I think to have a guy like Miller, who had a strong season last year, um, I think was a really, really good move. Yeah, the, the only worry about that, because they're, as you mentioned, their defense is so strong. And mm-hmm. they've yeah. got some younger players. I mean, they're, they're so strong that when Vatnan comes back from injury, you know, they can trade him and they're still going to be really, really good, you know, right. defensively. Um, and Raquel stepped up. I'm not sure you mentioned him. He's a. Uh, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. The, the, the only thing you worry about is at some point, Kessler and Getzlaff and Perry, uh, yeah. the wheels are going to fall off. Yeah. yeah. It may not be now, but you know it's uh, it's it's coming up at some point. Um, yeah, they. That I think they, uh, Kevin. I think they have a, a maybe a two-year window with yeah. that veteran core, and you know Corey Perry looked like he was starting to slip a little bit at the end of the uh, during the regular season. Then he, I thought he played pretty good in the playoffs. Yeah, and and but the thing is, you slowly see the shifting of the center of attention on that team from Perry. Getzloff, Kessler, to Silverberg, Raquel, and Nick Ritchie had a really good playoff last year, yeah. and they, and they've got a couple really good young defensemen in Brandon Montour, and uh, you know Jakob Larson who hasn't played in the NHL yet, but from all reports he's going to be a really good defenseman too. So I think to me they're the they're the my preseason favorite to to come out of the West. Um, the only thing I'm concerned with, and they, you know, they sort of stemmed the tide here by re-signing Patrick Eves. I thought they needed to get one more scoring winger, and if they got that, they would be really, really tough. And they might do that like they did with Eves at the at the deadline. But right now, I mean, they're good enough to get through the regular season and make the playoffs. So I, I'm really impressed with this team, and I, and I think Randy Carlisle is a good coach, in spite of all the people in in, in Toronto who didn't think he was. Yeah, I think this is the team that comes out of the West. I, I challenge anybody to come up with a better defense. I think Lindholm will have a better year this year than he did last year, and he's only 23, so that's another guy who can contribute. Nick Ritchie's only going to get better. Nick Ritchie started to really come on last year and be a real force for them. And I, I do kind of wonder, uh, with Sam Steele getting 132 points and 50 goals, will he have a chance to make this team out of camp? You never know. I mean, depending on how things go, that's another possibility there. And their goaltending tandem, right now I'm going to call them a tandem, even though they're probably not. But because Ryan Miller's there, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I dare you to find a better one. Like Ke- Kevin, t- Kevin, you have to settle an argument between me and Russ because I believe that Ryan Miller taking a $2 million salary is tantamount to him saying, I agree to be the backup. And Russ seems to think that Ryan Miller will never agree to be a backup to anyone. Well, I think you're both right. <laughs> I think that I think that he went there knowing that they saw him as a backup, but I think Ryan Miller always believes that he's going to beat out the guys in front of him. And you know, you can't you can't rule it out. You know, he's a very intelligent, cerebral, professorial style of goaltender. He really thinks well. He's a real student of the game, and I, I'm sure he analyzed that situation and probably concluded that as skilled as. Gibson is just as I mentioned before. He's had periods of inconsistency. And I'm sure if you're Ryan Miller, you're thinking, "All right, when he hits that period of inconsistency, and I get three games in a row, and I I, I get two shutouts and give up one goal, then I'll get a fourth, and then I'll get a fifth, and next thing you know, I have 40 starts." So um, I, I I think they uh, they do view him as an insurance policy or as a backup, but I'm sure he thinks that he's going to go in there and. Um, you know, prove that he deserves more games than the average backup. And I do think Miller can mentor Gibson a little bit too and teach him a few things, which even if Miller doesn't get to play the amount of games he wants to play, he can improve Gibson just by being there. Yeah, and I I really, really like Patrick Eves. I think he's underrated. Like, he, you know, he's a guy that can slide all the way up and down the lines. I love those guys that are capable of playing – uh, you know, a, a checking role if they need be, or they can move in like he can play on the top line. Like yeah. he can play anywhere from first down to third, even fourth line, you know. Well, I mean, the year that he, the year that he had last year with Dallas was sort of unusual because it was more offensive than he had put up since his rookie year. And then when they re-signed him, they only re-signed him for about $3.1 million. So I think even if he goes back and scores, say, 10 to 15 goals, he's going to be probably a third-line guy who's very good defensively. I just think that that team needs, like I said, one more 
offensive scorer. I mean, I've always said that, you know, if, if the Leafs trade Van Riemsdyk before the deadline, that Anaheim is the place that is most likely for him to go because Toronto and Anaheim have always traded with each other. And he sort of fits what they're looking for, a big scoring winger they could put on the power play. But it, not just him. I mean, there's going to be a few wingers out there before the deadline. And yeah. I, I think they'll be in, in on one of those guys. Here's the thing, though. So Nick Cadiles, who's 23, yeah. who's 6'2", around 200 pounds, he was a point a game in the playoffs last year for the goals. He yeah. has a chance to make it a team as a winger, too. Yeah, I think he's going to make it. I mean, talking to people out there, they really think he's going to fill Nate Thompson. He's a solid player. I've liked him for years. And Nate Thompson's replacement, basically. That they, they they let Nate Thompson go because of him. That's and Ka- and, Ka- and Kasha, Kasha played well in the playoffs, too, Russ. So they, yeah. they do have some depth. But, I mean, I'm just saying in terms of a rental, they have so much depth in that organization. Like Kevin said, they could trade a defenseman and still be good. So that's with this team, with the coaching, with the depth that they have, with the depth in goaltending, they'll be able to overcome injuries in the regular season. They will, right. and they if they if they play it right, they could have home ice. Yeah, right. yeah, they could. I mean, and I think Corey Perry is a big thing, though. I mean, that 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 to me is their biggest question mark, honestly. Even though I do believe, and I will throw my other two cents. I mean, because oh. Perry last year, what he went down, he had less than twenty goals, right? I so. I, I have to. It, it, Perfect, perfect segue here, and not not segue because it's having to do with the Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks have re-signed Francois Beauchemin to a one-year contract for one million dollars, which makes sense because Vatnin will probably be out until November or maybe early December, and Lindholm is coming off a shoulder surgery, I believe, as well. So this is this is insurance, and we know we know that Beauchemin has played his best hockey. In Anaheim, this would be his seventh or eighth tour of duty with Anaheim, right? Third, 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 third yeah, tour of duty. It's not right. How many players have done that? Gone yeah, and played. That's for crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, and he, Wendell he Clark. He's a good fit. One, Wendell Clark. Three different, like three times, Mike. Like he went, was there, he was, left. He was, he was back, drafted. Left, he was drafted, drafted by the Leafs, traded to Quebec, traded back, but from the Islanders to the Leafs. He went away, and then he finished his career with the Leafs. He played three <laughs> times in Toronto. That's a rare. That's a rare number. Here's my issue with Brian Miller. Even though I like Ryan Miller signing, I don't get out of Gibson is – I mean, I think Gibson really needs to think he's the number one goalie. And I do wonder if, you know, I can just see another playoff, you know, like another – Gibson has a bad game in game one of a playoff yeah, series. And I'm not through with that idea either when – again, but you know what? They have to protect themselves, so I, I get the GM doing this. No, I get it. I mean, I think it's the right, but it, it and it's definitely something. I mean, Gibson and Miller, they know each other from the USA program. They, I mean, they really, they already have worked with each other. So Gibson has talked about Miller. He definitely looks up to Miller. So I don't think he's going to necessarily have yeah. a problem with it. Yeah, yeah, I will see. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm. People think I'm a Gibson hater. I'm not a Gibson hater. I know you think I'm a Gibson. Well, hater. you don't like him. I mean, that's. <laughs> I don't dislike Gibson at all. I just think. I just think he's overrated and I think he's inconsistent. And I think he Yeah, I mean, a guy with a nine twenty four save percentage in the regular season is definitely yeah. overrated. Yeah, he's still right. Playing with the best playing with uh, I'm just throwing out. Save anyway, percentage is the is is the number that pays goalies, has nothing to do with the team he's playing on. Me, it's momentum saves is the big thing for goalies. Oh, <laughs> uh, there we go. Gibson does not make momentum saves at times. I want to throw out others, but the final thing on the Ducks is behind me. I have like the one like piece of like movie hockey memorabilia that I actually have is the as an Anaheim Ducks, a mighty the Mighty Ducks jersey. Up there, that's all. Isn't that the Long Island Ducks? No, that is the Mighty Ducks jersey from the original <laughs> movie. Oh, from the movie. You know, honestly, I've seen the. I saw the movie once. I wasn't impressed. So. I hated. The, I hated the Mighty Ducks. Oh, the Mighty Ducks movies are awesome. They're, guys, they're less than awesome. Guys. Yeah, you guys just don't have children. That's the problem with you. Yeah, no, I'm with I'm with that. Mighty Ducks movies, kids love them. It's, it's fun to watch them with your kids. Although if they put out another one, at least Emilio Estevez would have a job. <laughs> Nothing better than like you know just just a rain, a snow day, and putting on three Ducks movies and eating a bunch of chips and hanging out. That's like a great day. You know, that's a fun thing to do. Anyway, that was enthralling to me. No, it is. It is. All right, let's get to our top list because we got like five minutes to go here. Sorry, before I'm before I'm invaded by children wanting wanting information on the clips. Well, I, I, okay, we, and we mentioned at the, the end of August, it, it's thin on news, and I understand that. And I, I, I've done a few. I did a few uh, like best of things for 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 Hockey Buzz over the weekend. 
And NHL Network put out a list of top 20, uh, their top 20 centers right now. And first off, having Connor McDavid, I mean, Connor McDavid is a supreme talent, and he won the heart, and he won the scoring title, and he got Edmonton into the playoffs. But to put Connor McDavid number one ahead of Sidney Crosby after Sidney Crosby has won two consecutive Stanley Cups is a, an abomination. I'm telling them they are wrong. So put that put that sign up there. <laughs> I agree with Mike. There's no way I could say Connor McDavid's better yet. Even if I want to just base it off of a year, I'm still going to take Sidney Crosby until Connor McDavid proves a little more to me. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm totally agreeing with Mike and Russ on that. Like I, I don't understand that. You got to give credit for what a guy has accomplished. He can't all be about potential. I mean, we all know Connor McDavid's great now. He's going to be yeah. great still, but. You know, it's that's an insult to to what uh, Sidney Crosby has accomplished, and it's not like he accomplished it five years ago. <laughs> like yeah. you know, I, last year, World Cup MVP. You know, he was right. just fantastic uh, last year, and you know, does what needs to be done. So. And and there and there's no bigger appreciator of of Austin Matthews' talents than myself. You know, if I would have been able to, if I would have been able to vote for the Calder, I would have voted for Austin Matthews. He scored 40 goals. You know, he he has, he has helped turn the Maple Leafs franchise around. He's got enormous potential. But on this list, they have him fourth in the fourth in the NHL, yeah. ahead of Tavares, ahead of Getzloff, ahead of Bergeron, and Jonathan Taves is twelfth on this list. I'm sorry. One year does not a career make, and one year does not vault you for, to fourth among NHL centers. Uh, you know, I think Austin Matthews could be a superstar, but he's and he might be a superstar right now, but he has not established himself enough to put himself ahead of guys who have won two or three Stanley Cups. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I wouldn't put him any higher than. I think when you look at this list, like okay, McDavid and Matt DeCrosby, all right. They can be number one and two, fine, right? We'll say that neither is too far out. You know, if you tell me if somebody is like three or more away from where they should be, because I'm like Crosby, McDavid, Crosby, one and two, I'm okay with that. Malkin at three, I'm okay with that. Like you could be, you know, three's about right. Matthews. Matthews is four. a lot more than three away from where he should be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like he could be around eight or nine or I, 10, I think like 12. I think he shouldn't be in the top no. 10 yet. Right. I don't know, though, because – when I look at this list, you know what hit me is like I don't think as much talent as we have in the NHL. It's not at center right now. You know, like oh, no, there's a lot of talent. Here's the thing. Here, this here's list the thing. is not these centers. Don't blow me away like centers would have. But blown he wasn't me away. even a number one center all year. You, right. if you're in the top ten, you've got to be a number one center the entire year. You've got to be the go-to guy for right. that team. Like you know, it, you got to be fair about this. Yeah, understandably, Mike Babcock protected Austin Matthews yeah. from matching up against number one centers until late in the season or until he couldn't avoid that, like in the playoffs, when he was probably either playing against Back Backstrom or Kuznetsov. But most of the time, yeah. you know, the, 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 the game that he scored four goals against Ottawa, he was the third-line center behind Tyler Bozak and, and, and Nazem Kadri. So, but, no, I mean, if you go down this list, Tyler Sagan, eighth in the NHL. Tyler Sagan is a defensive liability. He's an offensive yeah. He's offensively gifted, but at times they've, they've had to put him on the wing. At least they did in Boston, it, not as much in, in Dallas, but defensively he's, he's not good. See, and, I would put Bergeron. Bergeron should be where, where Sagan is. All right, so is, is, um, is Stamkos and Tavares and Backstrom, right? Those looking at those three. I don't, honestly, I think Backstrom's ranked too high right now. I think that – I think Backstrom's, Backstrom's ranked too high. I think he's actually – as a scorer, he's still – He's not number five, good, but as a center, I think he's fallen a bit. Yeah, and and you know, and Kevin can attest to this: a guy who was primarily responsible for getting the San Jose Sharks to the Stanley Cup final two years ago, Joe Pavelski, is not in the top twenty. That's insane. Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. Especially because I mean, I mean, the way you got to look at that list too is if you were going to play a game seven of a Stanley Cup final. You know who would you want if you could draft center? Yeah. And you know you really wouldn't want Connor McDavid second, yeah. but I think you have to take Crosby just because of all he's accomplished. But you know a guy like Jonathan Taves, I think what Russ said is is absolutely right. 
you know, yeah. you'd want him, despite the fact he did not have a good season last year, ahead of a lot of guys who are ranked ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, do I want Mark Shifley or I want Jonathan Taves? I mean, it, it, you know, it's, come on. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And, I, you know, I think Kopitar on this list is kind of, I mean, right, Kopitar had a sure. good year, but Jeff Carter on this list ahead of, you know, that. You know, Jeff Carter should actually be higher on the list if you think about it. He, he carried he carried yeah. a great deal oh, in the offensive I'm, I'm, I'm with Russ on that, too. Uh, yeah. Carter had a great year. And not to be honest with you, if you talk about disappointments, like, and I get that the Kings offense isn't where it needs to be. And Kopitar is an exceptional player, and he's a great yeah. player. Oh. But, you know, you're going to pay him $10 million. You've got to get more out of him offensively. You yeah. And, yeah. and, you, and it, it can't be just that the team is not good offensively. Like, right. you have to create the offense. Right. Uh, that's what you're paying him for, to be the guy that can carry the load. So yeah. I thought it was a little bit of a disappointment, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, Putting Jack Eichel ahead of Dreisaitl, too. That's a weird one for me. Yeah, that's – I would never have done that. I mean, I don't want to understand that. I mean, you know, and – and I mean, because that's I think, is probably the better – is probably better than Backstrom, you know, honestly. But it's at this point in my life – in my world, at least. I mean yeah, – I think they're pretty good, yeah, so – I think they're what they're basing that off of Eck is Kuznetsov wasn't great in the playoffs, so now I think that's in some people's minds he's not as great as he was a year ago because of the playoffs. But I and, I and what they're and what they're also and what they're also basing it on is Backstrom is Ovechkin's center and Kuznetsov is not. So you know Backstrom put up the points and takes the number one you know, center responsibilities. So you really can't have him anywhere close to, although they have Cro they have Malkin number three and Crosby number two. So, yeah. I mean, what other centers are really missing off this list? Do you think? Well, Pav I mean, to me, Pavelski is a, is, obvious. Bergeron yeah. was, he wasn't in it, Mike. Bergeron was, was 11th. Oh, he's 11th. Okay. He wasn't it. I mean, um, Joe, Thor Joe Thornton was not on the list. Uh, mm -hmm. Henrik Sedin was not on the list. Um, Claude Giroux's not on the list. Claude Giroux is not on the list. one that I brought up because, yeah, he didn't have a great year last year, but, like, when you look at top ten centers in scoring for, like, the last decade, his name is very high on that list. Actually, it's usually right around number three or four. So the fact that he can't even yeah. make the top 20 doesn't didn't make sense to me. I did talk about that with Mike. Yeah, I think that's the one that, that kind of hit me. And I know Giroux had a bad year, like you said, same kind of thing. But I think that, you know, Giroux was hurt all year, too. So it's, yeah. it's hard to – Kind of hold that against him. Drew doesn't get a whole lot of respect from the Canadian media. Yeah. I've noticed that just from whatever, whatever. It doesn't seem Nathan, Nathan. Yeah. I think it affects Nathan. the fact that he's, you know, that he's not usually on high up on Team Canada's list and stuff like that. But the other one that I thought should be on here is Panarin. Like I think Panarin should be on here. Like that's 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 the Who name that I really take off instead of Panarin. I would take off Kopitar. Okay. And Panarin. And Panarin. I would take Panarin off. Kopitar, I would take off um, I would also Panarin, put Panarin ahead of Monahan. Panarin um, played most. Panarin played mostly wing, and Isimov was the center on that line. So that's probably you know he. he, so, he that's why, but he's listed as a center. You know, like I, right. He's listed as a center, and he has played center in the past. But Anisimov was the one. Yeah, I, I, I think they didn't even consider him. He didn't play really enough center to be. All right. How about um, Granlund? Um, you know, Granlund had a great year last year too. Nah, yeah. not yet. But I think they have. I think they have Monahan woefully. Low, yeah. I I think for what he does for for his team, I I don't think enough people get to see Sean Monahan play to really appreciate him. I mean, he was only five points behind the year before. He's twenty two. He yeah. played every game, every game. He played every yeah. game. Ryan Ryan O'Reilly might have deserved some consideration, and Nathan McKinnon uh, in in Colorado, even though Colorado was significantly was the worst team in the league. He's one, I think he is one of the top 20 centers in the league. Well, here's the NHL top scoring centers, according to the NHL.com. Okay. Who's at center. So let's go through the top 20 because there's a couple on here that are different, right? So it goes McDavid first, Crosby second, obviously Backstrom third, then Shifley fourth, Dreisaitl fifth, Panarin sixth, um, gets left seventh, Malkin eighth, Sagan ninth, Austin Matthews 10th, which is probably where Austin Matthews should be, like right around there, like we were talking mm -hmm. about. Probably about right. Granlund 11th, Pavelski 12th, Carter 13th, Tavares 14th, Eric Stahl 15th. Eric had a really good year last year. He did year. have a really good year. Nazem Kadri 16th. Yeah. William Nylander 17th, Mitch Marner 18th. How about that? Well, William yeah, but again, you're going by just – Again, they're not necessarily centers. I know. No, but they, didn't play, they didn't play one shift of center the entire yeah. season. Yeah. 
And why is the NHL doc, why is NHL.com having with that? Because they, they, yeah, they, they've done that for years. It's a source of irritation with the Writers Association. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. They were drafted. Aaron is not a center. He's a winger. Yeah. They were. They were. They were drafted as centers. Marner played center in junior. Nealander played right. center for the Marlies. But when they came up to the Leafs, they both played right wing. They never played one shift at center. Now here's a crazy thing. Okay. So Monahan's twenty second. But who's ahead of him in twenty first? I'm. I mean, you're probably gonna say he didn't play center enough either. But I thought. I think he did. Who? Alex Wenberg. Yeah, he's a center. Center. yeah, he is the center. He's a center. Again, I would still take Monahan. I'll tell you why. There's something else I looked up. The last three years, and again, when Calgary has been up and down, he's had 20, 20, and 18 even strength. Actually, 21, 23, and 22 for even strength goals. Like he, this guy's yeah. a big, big time even strength guy. Monahan's a good player. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I definitely agree. I just think that it's interesting to me. There's a. There are some interesting. I also think that, and then people always joke about this, and they don't. But I think talent-wise, I think Jason Spetz is still one of the top twenty centers in the NHL. No, and, not anymore. But he is really good. Yeah. I mean, he played. You know, he had fifty points. He only had fifty points last year, but he only played sixty-eight games. You know, and he, uh, you know, he definitely, I don't know, still a factor. I mean, he had a, kind of a. I know he had an off year, but I think Spetz is still one of the most, most underrated players in the league. Just my two cents on that. I mean, he had 12 even strength goals out of his 15, which is really good. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, Monaghan was a few ahead of him with like 18, but and he's not the top center on that team, you know. So he's, he's coming out of you know a situation where he's look, 52 percent on draws is is pretty good. Like he, he was really close. You're right. I mean, I can't totally throw yeah. him out. I, I, yeah. I, I want to ask Kevin one one question before we end the show. Um, I'm getting the impression, Kevin, when it comes to the uh, Team USA uh, for the Olympics in Pyeongchang, that we're going to see a lot of players that we might see in the World Junior and a lot of college uh, products rather than – I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do. The, the majority of the players will be Americans playing in Europe. Um, okay. It'll be like John Bloom. It'll be Matt Gilroy, okay. Arcabello. Um, it'll be players that we've seen in the NHL um, before um, who've gone over there and played. There will be college players out there. Um, Donato will probably make the team for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Greenway, um, uh, the the kid from uh, uh, oh, he was on the World Juniors last year. Uh, Troy Terry, Troy Terry, Troy yeah. Terry. Yeah, he'll he'll be on the team. Mr. Shootout. Now yeah. here here's the thing, they don't want to take the uh, junior age players, but they're not ruling it out. So in other words, the middle stat, you know, tore it up like Larkin did at the World Juniors a couple of years ago. Which he might. Which he might. Then you know you know he could force them to 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 look at that, but that's not their plan. Their plan is is they'd rather take the older players. But, Kev, what happens if you have, like, a situation with, like, a Boston University where if they want, like, three players, they would miss, I think, like, six games or something. Do you think a Boston University would give them all those guys, or do you think they'd have to make a deal? They will. I think they will give them the players. But I don't think we're going to be in that situation because okay. I don't know that they're going to take enough of the college players. I mean, they're going to take college players, but, you know – I don't see that they're going to take too many from any one team. Even the Olympics. I mean, why? This is the Olympics. I mean, to me, like Middlestad should be there. I mean, he's he's exciting. I mean, we, I, I think he's going to be there. I do. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I think the game plan is solid. I mean, the idea is is that you know you don't take the younger players unless they force you to because right. experience does matter. And but they're not ruling it out. You know. Yeah. So, like a guy. We'll, a, a guy like Steve Moses signed an AHL contract. He can go. He can go to the Olympics. He, he, can. he yeah. can. So yeah. I mean that that's I mean that, like that's one guy. But I, I and I know that you wrote an article for USA Today about this. I look at their goaltender situation and I'm like, Ottinger or Wall. I think is the are the two best. And these are 19 year old I, kids. I agree completely. And that's the one area where I think they have. Uh, it's a little scary for them. Um, they, you know, they don't don't have that veteran guy. Although the guys that are in Europe, um, you know, have performed uh, 
I can't even think now off the top of my head uh, who they are. Um, and I wrote the story, but it well, was Mer tough. Merrick, Merrick Madsen was another one. He's a little older and he hasn't signed. Merrick Madsen had a really good year. I would be okay bringing him if there was no other choice. I still want Tim Thomas to come out of retirement. Tim, <laughs> Kevin must have Tim Thomas's email. Tim, just get in touch with Kevin, something. Right. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pass that on. And he's right out there. I think he lives in Colorado or yeah. USA. Let's yes. let's 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 bring back Tom Barrasso. I'm sure the I'm sure the media Listen, want that. Tim has only been out of it a short time. He has a goalie academy. I think he can do it. If you start cutting out letters from magazines to put together a thing that I can give uh, to Tim Thomas, I'll get. I'll make sure he gets it. Like you know, like just cut out individual letters that say, "Tim, we want you to play for Team USA," um, and then paste them onto a piece of paper. Find Ted Kaczynski. Well, remember, I, it's been forgotten now, but. One year, to get back in the Olympic pool, the USA had to go over to Austria and win, like, the B tournament. Yeah. And they got, like, Neil Broughton and Mark Johnson out of retirement. Uh, yeah. I think Johnson was 42. Neil Broughton was, you know, uh, right around that age or something like that as well. And, they, you know, they brought the old codgers out, and they won that tournament, and they got back in the – in the uh, you know in the A pool that was years ago. So it's not my point is it's not wouldn't be unprecedented right. to have a guy come out of uh, retirement and try to come on Chris Drury come on. I, I honestly I, I I'm I'm no, the speed they'll be okay with young guys and speed. I think in net they really do need someone with with some experience. See I, yeah. I'm I it's I'm weird I guess I'm weird in this sense. I'm almost as intrigued about this and the hodgepodge that they're going to put together for Team USA and Team Canada than if the NHL was going. I, I just I found the end like the, all the because when they when you manage when you put these two teams let's when you put this team up against who Russia is going to field. There won't be a team in the tournament that is as deep as Russia now. It doesn't mean they'll win, but there won't be a team that's even close. Well, let, let me bring this up, though, because I'm going to agree with Mike on this because, you know, I've covered the Olympic Games all the way back to 1988. And before uh, the NHL players, it wasn't as if the Olympic hockey tournament wasn't as big or was drawing, wasn't drawing the ratings. You put a USA or a Canada on someone's jersey, we in North America will watch that and we'll that's get excited true. about it. And the Americans were always competitive. Like the, um, you know, the KHL uh, players, well, some of the players that the Americans are going to use are top players in the KHL. Matt Gilroy, uh, you know, and there's other players that, that are going to play over there. So, like, they, the Americans believe they're going to be competitive because their top players in Europe are as good as everybody else's. Um, so, uh, but the, when you start adding Kovalchuk and Kaprizov and guys like that, it's going it, to it's gonna be tough. Well, yeah. I mean, your point is, is is not wrong. I mean, they they're going to have an advantage, but I I don't think they're going to be invincible. You know? No, I mean nobody's probably invincible. I just want to know, Kev, you covered all the way back to '88. Like this is pre-internet. How did you communicate with people? Uh, we we <laughs> got big stone tablets and we got a chisel, and and then we just would chisel our our messages on there and then fire carry your fire and smoke. Fire yeah. and smoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mail letters is what you did back then. Mail letters. I, I, I need a quote. I, I actually remember that, uh, gosh, this was years ago, but uh, the late Dave Peterson, a guy that I, I ended up liking quite a bit, but uh, they changed their defense prior to going over to the tournament in 92. Like they cut, I can't even remember who it was. It might have been Danny Kesmer, but they like they sent a guy home right before the Olympics because they changed the defenseman and they brought in Mo Mantha at one point. And it just, I just didn't like the feel of how. It was being handled, and so I, my lead was is that the U.S. defensive strategy was meaning, meaning, miny, mo, mantha. Dave Peterson, the U.S. coach, didn't like my presentation of his defense and what he was doing, and he just he just harassed me to no end throughout the Olympic tournament. Every press conference, he would start out like. Well, despite what I read in USA Today about playing the Germans as like a thoroughbred against the mules, I actually think Germany's pretty good, you know. And then, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever I wrote, he would kind of contradict it. And I thought, man, is he really mad at me? And uh, right after the Olympics were over, I was walking to, to catch a bus, and I look, and there's one person standing there waiting for this bus, and who it was was Dave Peterson. I thought, well, he's going to let me have it right here. He stuck out his hand, and he goes, pretty interesting tournament, wasn't it? <laughs> and then engaged me in this this conversation like like there had been no tension at all, and I just realized, you know, that's how he just blew off, you know, smoke. Yeah. 
you know, he was the the pressure was so great that he just needed to be mad at me. But when it was over, you know, we were back fine again. So, you know, <laughs> I, I will never forget that. He got, gosh, he was mad at me throughout that tournament. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, folks, we're going to get out of here. It's um, good stuff. Enjoy the eclipse. It's uh, streaming now. And that's, it's, I guess, out in California. They're having a almost a total eclipse right now. So if you're in California, I hope you're enjoying your few moments to loot the area. And tomorrow, um, tomorrow we'll preview you, the... Oh, Eck, since you yeah. are the only singer in our group, you actually have been paid to sing. Are, will you close us out with Total Eclipse of the... Oh, please. Oh. <laughs> Once upon a time, I was falling in love. Oh, God. Tom yeah, tomorrow we'll awesome. preview the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Nothing I can say. Totally. Eclipse. Please hit the, hit the stop button. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.